Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up, everybody? Glad to see you back on this Monday. Let me get the screen right. There we go. Glad to see you guys. Welcome in. Again, on this Monday, we got a ton. A ton to talk about. Not a whole lot of time to do it, so let's just dive right in. My name is Michael Borky. I'm glad to see you guys. Um, Oh, boy. What a weekend. Well, sort of. It was kind of boring, right? We got a bunch of blowouts, but interesting storylines, nonetheless, in the NFL. I saw some college football people... This is so, I know what they were doing. I know what people do. We love confirmation bias and stuff like that. But I saw some people in college football media land doing the, see, this is why you don't expand the playoffs because this is what you're going to get in college. And it's like, I mean, this was the most boring uh, opening round in NFL playoffs history, it felt like. But uh, this is an outlier. They're usually pretty awesome, and we still got great storylines despite that. So I don't know what these people are talking about, but you know how it is, everybody. I mean, just one one data point out of a larger sample size confirms my biases about playoff expansion. But anyway, we, you saw some of that yesterday. You saw some of that yesterday, uh, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the Cowboys' loss. Dak gets that big contract and just uh, struggled yesterday and the Cowboys struggled are they going to move on from Mike McCarthy and uh you know if slash when they do they're going to call Sean Payton and that's going to stress me out for a while but anyway uh we'll talk about the playoffs the Bills pitching a perfect game but it's actually a lot more uh unique than that I'll explain uh we'll get into Mississippi State hoops this is why I told you guys not to quit on that team we'll get to that later and then uh, the big official visitors in Oxford this weekend. It snowed, it snowed, and it looks like they still had a good time. And I think uh, I think you guys should be on commitment watch. I'm not saying I know it's going to happen. That's more of a guess than anything else. But uh, I would keep my eye on that, especially today, considering the timeline to get available for spring practice. You're going to get news one way or the other very soon, maybe even as early as today. We shall see. But either way, glad to see you guys. Before we get into all that, though, uh, please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find me on YouTube. Just search my name. That's all i got to do. Find me on YouTube. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky, or Facebook, or Twitter. Whichever one you use, find me there. Follow like, subscribe, do all that good stuff, and then wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, or my name should turn up results, and subscribe there. Sorry about missing Friday. Just had too much going on. Had a lot to do Friday morning, business-related, and uh, just could not uh, could not find the time to do this with you. So sorry about missing Friday. I should have given you a heads up, but I'm glad you're back with me here on this Monday. I think we'll start doing the night thing here in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll give it some time get some more feedback, and then we'll we'll flip from daily mornings to a couple times a week at night. 
I, I will do that. I have decided. Just I haven't decided exactly when that's going to happen. But either way, thank you for your feedback, and let's get started. The Cowboys. Never buy Cowboys hype again, by the way. I, I mean, I, I rip on places like Notre Dame in college because Notre Dame has so often, especially under Brian Kelly, uh, received undue hype just to not be ready to compete nationally. I mean, we saw it time and time again, right? They would win games, they would get there, and then when they got there, look at what happened. Notre Dame was always given the benefit of who they are as opposed to what they were. That That is Notre Dame football in a nutshell. Who they are as opposed to what they actually were. And yeah, they would make the BCS. Yeah, they would go to access bowls in the playoff, and then what would happen when they got there? Notre Dame has been perpetually overrated, and the the same thing's going to happen in 2022. You watch. Great new coach. People love him, think he's going to be great, but he has never been a head coach before. He hadn't been a coordinator for that long either. But Notre Dame's going to be like a top-10 team going into the season for what reason? Just because they are Notre Dame. That's what happens, and it's what happened every year in college football. We do the same thing for the NFL, although the Cowboys have no excuse this year. It's apples to oranges, but they're both round things that we can eat, right? So there's still some similarities. Uh, In the NFL, the talent isn't the issue. With Notre Dame, they didn't have the high-end players to compete with Alabama in the national championship or compete with Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. They, they they were a good team. They just didn't have the high-level players to get there. There is no excuse. In terms of roster, no excuse for the Cowboys to be knocked out of the first round of the playoffs by the 49ers. There, there's no excuse for them to be in the position that they're in right now. Um, No excuse whatsoever. And going into this playoff, I... Said on the radio show, especially, we didn't talk about it much here because all the other stuff going on. Uh, this was a pivotal, or what I thought was a pivotal playoff for Dak Prescott. That, that's what I said going into this was he really needs this one. You get that big fat contract. It's time to justify your existence. It's time to justify that contract. And it ended in disappointment again. And wins and losses and playoff wins and Super Bowls are not exactly a fair measure of a quarterback's success. People do that too often. People do that way too often. Uh, they, they measure quarterback success based on factors that are also outside of their control. Uh, so it's not entirely fair to say this, but this is how we measure guys, whether it's fair or not. In six years, Dak Prescott has one single playoff win. In six years, a playoff win. And so when you're looking at this big contract and this team and and everything, it's an indictment whether you think it's fair or not. The way the world looks at quarterbacks in the National Football League, it's an indictment on him that's why I thought the play this playoff in particular was so big you're at home you've got the weapons that people said that you didn't have before you've got a great defense a super bowl winning coach and yet this is still the the end result and yesterday struggled i uh, didn't see the field well uh, yesterday at all i mean the numbers if you look at them on the surface are okay but not good enough to win games 
And and now people are going to start questioning whether or not he was worth the value of that contract. That's why this these playoffs uh, were so significant. But six years, one playoff win, whether it's fair or not, is going to be placed on the shoulders of uh, the quarterback. That's just how it's going to be. And uh, and right now, there's going to be a lot of questions. This is, I mean, hell, if this season and these playoffs weren't critical for him, well, next year is especially going to be that way. So uh, a massive, massive disappointment. Um, this is a pivotal playoff for him. Uh, he had a really good year, again, coming off the injury, gets that big contract, and look at look at the, the result. It's still the same. Uh, one and done in the playoffs. That That's, uh, you know, you are what your record says you are sometimes. And the Cowboys are a perpetual underachiever with uh, a quarterback that does not win them playoff games. Whether you think that's fair, that's the reality. That is Dallas Cowboy football right now. Sid says Cowboys with a bunch of laughing emojis, one of, if not the worst call in NFL history. How about them Cowboys? John says, Cowboys lost, saved my weekend. They have not been America's team since Landry and JJ prowled the sidelines. I called them France's team on the right. I need to find that clip. I don't know when, when I said that. Uh, but we started doing French accents and stuff on the show. The Dallas Cowboys are not America's team. America wins. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Forgive my exceptionalism for a little bit. Actually, you know what? Uh, American exceptionalism is what makes us great. Uh, America wins often. That's what we do. We are winners. Uh, And we will win regardless of cost and regardless of how it makes us look. We will take whatever you have, and we will make it bigger and better, and we'll beat you with it. That's what we do here. The Cowboys cannot get the label America's team when they are perpetual underachievers and losers. That's all they've done in my lifetime. I I do not remember. I'll be 30 in two months. I do not remember good Cowboys ever. Oh, America's team, great fan base. Well, that great fan base sold a bunch of tickets to 49ers fans yesterday, by the way. But America's team shouldn't get that label because they're losers. They are losers. They're not America's team. They're France's team. And yes, I know that if not for France, we probably don't have a country and we don't win the Revolutionary War. But history be damned when I'm making sports radio guy talking points, all right? Yeah, France's team, not America's team. That's brutal. And um, boy, they're still going to get all the primetime games next year, aren't they? In part because people watch and their ratings just... uh, (laughs) That's all they do is drive ratings. But either way. Randall says, Sean Payton to Dallas, what do you think? Just saying, yeah, I'm nervous about that one. Although there was a report a few weeks ago about Sean Payton's future in New Orleans and, you know, apparently very, you know, he gets whatever he wants, uh, has uh, ownership that he loves and a front office that he loves, and they build him good rosters, and he'll be a saint until he retires. But... I'm nervous about that one, Randall. Honestly, if Mike McCarthy gets fired, you know they're they're go- if Jerry's smart, which based on stadium design, uh, more on that in a second. Based on stadium design, I don't know uh, how true that could possibly be. But if he's smart, he'll try Sean Payton five times before he moves on to the next guy. That's what I would do. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be nervous about that one for a while. 
Wouldn't be nervous about that one. I think he's going to stay in New Orleans. I mean, I'm going to believe the report about how he loves the front office and he loves being there and they build him good rosters and on and on and on and on. And he proved this year, despite what some, you know, midnight to 3 a.m. national talker on Fox Sports Radio says, uh, gave Sean Payton, said that this season was proof that Sean Payton can't win without Breeze. It, it was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It had, clearly had no idea. No idea what went on with that team this year. None. None whatsoever. But he gets a national platform, and, and here I am. So, um, you know, maybe joke's on me, right? If I if I just started speaking in inaccurate platitudes, I'd get, I'd get the big job, right? National, 300 stations, when I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's how this business is, guys. That's how sports radio is. Um, either way, yeah, I'm going to be nervous about that one. Kiffin to the Cowboys. Yeah, man. Well, hey, the Hawaii job came open. You know he loves blue water. So Kiffin to Hawaii also. That got buried in the news cycle over the weekend. But Sid, see, I don't think people are – I'm going to do the, the contrarian thing today. People are roasting Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy for the quarterback draw call. They're roasting them for it. I'm not saying it was a perfect call, but I think the call was fine. I think the decision to do the quarterback draw was fine. The execution was terrible, and that's why the call looks as bad as it does. Dak needs to get down sooner, and when you get down, find the official and hand him the football. You saw it. You, you what? Handing the, the ball to your center does nothing. The ball has to be handled by an official and placed by an official. That I saw a couple NFL players yesterday talking about um, when you practice the two-minute drill, when you're doing that, you when you get down, the first thing you're supposed to do, find the official and give him the ball. Because you can do nothing else until he gets the ball and he places the ball, or she, Sarah Thomas, shout out, um, until they get the ball. So in that moment, he's got to get down sooner. And when you get down, you find the official. You don't give the ball to your center. The center can do nothing with the football. Nothing. He can't spot it himself. Give it to the ref, and the ref will. So everybody's roasting uh, Mike McCarthy today and, and Kellen, Kellen Moore. And, uh, you know, I saw somebody ask the, the dumbest thing. Um, if that call should stop Kellen Moore or prevent Kellen Moore from getting a head coaching job. Now, are we serious? One play call that would have worked better if it was executed better should stop a guy from getting a head coaching job? Come on. Come on. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't think he's ready for other reasons, to tell you the truth. It's not that decision, but either way, if you were an NFL team interviewing him, that decision should should not be the reason why. But anyway, point being, I don't think the call is as bad as everybody's talking about it today. Because if quarterback gets down sooner and they give the ball to the official, they can spike it and take a shot at the end zone. You say, come on, Michael, you cannot risk that. Why risk it? Because here's why. The next play is a higher percentage shot at the end zone if it's executed better. And yeah, right, if, if, but you expect NFL players to execute that a little bit better but i hear you I, I mean something like a little you know five five to ten yard out on the sidelines at the boundary would have been safer absolutely would have been safer no doubt no doubt about it but i don't think that decision's as bad as some people are making it out to be because 
NFL players should be able to execute that better than they did. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is blame should be placed at all feet instead of their two feet. All feet is where blame should be placed. Definitely not the officials. And I, I respect, you know, you, you guys know me with officiating. I actually respect the NFL's uh, statements to the pool reporter after the game. Basically, the ref did everything right. You're, you're asking me bad questions. The, the ref did everything right. The official spotted the ball correctly. He handled it correctly. The The referee, the official, has to touch the ball and spot the ball himself. Has to. So I don't care if the ball is given to the center and put down. The official still has to spot it himself. So, um, yeah, fans were throwing... Uh, yeah, Dak's going to have to issue an apology or he's about to get fined also for the uh, uh, when he was asked about the the fans throwing stuff at players. Not that it makes it any better. Fans throwing stuff on the field is stupid and trashy and, and pathetic and you shouldn't do it. It's a game. Throwing projectiles at human beings is a dumb thing to do. Always. Always. It was dumb when Tennessee fans did it. It was dumb when everybody does it. But the report that Cowboys fans were throwing stuff at their own players was clearly, when you watched the initial video, not what was going on at all. And yet that got taken and exploded. Cowboys fans throwing stuff at their own players. That's not what they were doing. It doesn't make it any better that they were throwing them at the refs. It doesn't make it any better. But they were not throwing them at the at their own players. For whatever that's worth. It's it's trashy. It's stupid. It shouldn't happen regardless. But they weren't throwing it at their own players. But either way, Dak was asked about it after the game. And, and he you know, thought that it was being thrown at them. And then when he was corrected, he said credit to them. Talking about the fans throwing stuff at the refs. So, fine coming. Big fine coming. Uh, that stadium's a joke, by the way. The most expensive stadium in the world when it was uh, when it was built. And here, I'll show you the picture. I have a screenshot here. I'm sure you guys saw it if you were watching the game, but the sun glaring in uh, from that gigantic window in the stadium. This was an actual image on the broadcast. Nice stadium, Jerry. Nice nice stadium, Jerry. That's, uh, That's a good look right there. That's a really good look. Uh, and it adversely affect his team on one possession. And a punt hit the scoreboard. The only center hanging, or was the only center hanging scoreboard in the NFL. But the other ones have, uh, they're the halo version. So a ball can be kicked high and not hit the scoreboard. Uh, I mean, imagine spending a couple billion dollars on that. And you can't block the sun you you don't have like shades that you can draw or something and you got punts hitting the scoreboard what a joke (laughs) what a joke either way all right the uh the bills pitched a perfect game by the way i don't know if you guys knew this uh for the first time ever see i call it a perfect game we've had perfect games multiple for the first time ever in nfl history a team went an entire game without punting without kicking a field goal, 
and without turning the ball over. First time ever that happened. The Buffalo Bills, first time ever in, in, in the history of the league. The mo- So this is the most dominating offensive performance in the history of the NFL against a Bill Belichick coach team. No punts, no turnovers, no field goal attempts. Every drive ended in a touchdown or it was kneel downs at the end of the game. The single most dominating performance of all time. Now, we're going to get that stupid Brady-Belichick debate thing today. I'm not even going to engage it. I'm not going to waste my time today. Not going to engage it. The uh, The rest of the games, including that one, although that's a cool story, pretty boring, though. I mean, Bengals-Raiders was okay. Joe Burrow, people were questioning Joe Burrow's mindset going into a playoff game. Well, it's his first playoff. Is he going to be able to handle it? I mean, he won a national championship. Come on. Of course he can, and he did very well. The Bengals are going to be fun. They're going to be fun moving forward, no doubt. Uh, But that was just kind of, you know, I guess the Raiders had a chance late. Didn't really work. You had the Chiefs just dominating Pittsburgh in Big Ben's final game, and I couldn't care less about it. And you had Brady and the Bucks dominating Philly. If you're going to use that as a reason that college football can't – if you're going to use that for your reason why college football shouldn't expand, you're being pretty obtuse. So, it's your NFL playoffs weekend. You got one more tonight. Looking forward to this one, honestly. Cardinals, Rams. I hope Matt Stafford, that bum, loses. He deserves it. That organization deserves it. And Cardinals fans are going to take over that stadium. Matt Stafford's poor wife went on some podcast recently and was begging Rams fans to not sell their tickets to Cardinals fans. That's Embarrassing, and that organization deserves it for losing to San Francisco last week. Stafford's a bum. He's going to get beat tonight. <laughs> He's going to get beat tonight. You had a couple of local things happen this weekend. Justin Robinson, by the way, the former Georgia wide receiver transferring to Mississippi State. Uh, not too much in terms of of numbers for him. So State has added a couple of. Uh, what people think are really talented wide receivers, lacking in production, but talent nonetheless. And like I said last week, you need to add talent to that room, regardless of what you think you have there in that offense. And in this league, you need to add as many talented players as you can get. Uh, So that's something to keep an eye on. If Georgia wanted him, clearly he was a good high school player. So uh, States added a guy that they could not have gotten in high school recruiting because Ole Miss, North State, are beating Georgia for recruits, <laughs> at least not very often. So adding a player that Georgia not only wanted but got in recruiting is something that you couldn't you know, do organically. So the portal adds a little bit of help to state there. They get a win in basketball, get a win over Alabama, and this is exactly why I was telling people not to – be out on your team the way some people were. You lost to Ole Miss, which is a quadrant two loss on the road. And suddenly everybody was ready to jump ship. It's baseball season now, which, again, you're still four weeks away. It's baseball now. I'm done. Oh, same old, same old, all that stuff. And I hear you. You're going to get a very similar vibe with Ole Miss baseball this year. Uh, People aren't going to be impressed with regular season wins and stuff like that because they're just waiting to find out what you do in the postseason. I don't think that's particularly fair, though. I would encourage you to, you know, support your team and appreciate them until they fail. 
Don't expect failure until it happens, and then when it happens, react to that failure. I mean, for Ole Miss baseball, I, I think Mike's got to get to Omaha. I think he has to. He returns, what, eight bats in his lineup, and the one that they lost was because he wasn't going to be starting anymore. So it should be a potent offense. They've got to produce. But in the meantime, enjoy yourself during the season is what I would I would say. Yeah, Ben Howland has underachieved at Mississippi State. No doubt. One tournament game, not just one tournament appearance, one tournament game in his time at Mississippi State is not enough. It's not good enough. So I understand the fan angst. I understand why people have been frustrated with the current state of the program. I get it. I really do. But right now, this team, going into Saturday, was on the right side of the bubble. And they had a good one over Arkansas. They were 2-1 and one in the league. All their metrics were good. And when people say the hump was 60% full, that's not it, – it wasn't close. Um, that was a big game that deserved a bigger atmosphere. And I'm not going to fan shame. I understand there's a lot of factors that go into it. I'm just saying, moving forward, you've got four weeks until baseball starts. You've got a basketball team that right now is definitely in the NCAA tournament, and that was a big win on Saturday. I think they have earned your support. I think they have earned the opportunity for you fans to get into it because, guys, there's nothing, in my opinion, more fun. There's nothing more fun than meaningful basketball. I enjoy watching meaningful basketball more than any other sport. So you've got four weeks until baseball. Just give your team a chance. They've got a really high-level player in Iverson Molinar, a really high-level player. And when they're healthy, it's a really good starting five, and they're going to win a bunch of games. Are they going to lose some too? Yeah, it's basketball. It happens. This league is really good. But they are comfortably on the right side of the bubble right now, comfortably. Yes, it's still January, but comfortably on the right side of this thing. They've got a really high-level player, a couple of really nice pieces. Give them a chance. They deserve a chance. Give them a chance. And when the season ends and they don't make the tournament, then start talking about Howland and his future. But for right now, this team is currently playing, and they're doing good things. So enjoy it while you've got it. And don't – do not – I feel like I'm preaching. Don't go into games expecting failure because I promise you they feed off that. When when the end comes and they do fail, let's talk about Ben Hallett. But let's wait until the end comes first. Same thing with Ole Miss baseball this year. The, the narrative going into the season is going to be Mike Bianco can't make it to Omaha, has to this year. And I will contribute to that. Because the the results have not matched the investment. However, during the season, if the team's playing well, that's what we're going to talk about. If they're fun, that's what we're going to talk about. If they're set up to host regionals and stuff, that's what we're going to talk about. And then if they fail, then we'll get into future and stuff like that. But until they do, if they're playing well and winning games and, and they're in good position. That's what we're going to talk about. So, for whatever that's worth. And finally, Ole Miss had a couple of big official, a handful of big official visitors, but two that everybody's focused on. Darton Trigg, the quarterback and tight end from Southern Cal. 
parent, I mean, you know, I don't follow these kids on social media. I, I value my sanity. But I was talking to a friend last night that informed me that Jackson Dart didn't do any tweeting while on his visit to Oklahoma, like no pictures of him in Oklahoma gear or whatever, uh, but did at his visit to Ole Miss, which means everything he's committing today. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, uh, I'm kidding. But um, those were big visits. And if they can pull the signature of those two guys off, it's really significant for the program moving forward because they've already added – the portal's been very good to them, and they're going to add a couple more too defensively. But they've already added a high-level running back. They've already added a couple wide receivers that they desperately needed. They've got two plug-and-play defensive backs, one from Auburn, one from Iowa State. And uh, a plug-and-play instant starter at linebacker, guy that was first-team All-Mac for three years, three years in a row, first-team All-Mac. Um, Portal's been very good to them, very good. Um, but this is the staple, getting the quarterback and this tight end, by the way, who has an NFL future. Uh, this is the staple. This is the kind of thing that you need to do to build a sustainable program. I even think they need to add another quarterback somewhere. Uh, if there's a guy out there that, you know, has been a backup at like, I don't know, Southern or not Southern Cal uh, at like Arizona state or something that like wants to get into coaching, uh, wants to spend a year in the SEC that is willing to hold a clipboard, stuff like that. I think you need to add another one because, even three scholarship quarterbacks feels a little light. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they added two, uh, and one of which just kind of being there uh, just in case. Uh, again, a guy that's like willing to hold a clipboard or whatever. Either way, you can love Luke Altmeyer. You can hate Luke Altmeyer. You can think he's the future of your program or think that you can't win with him at all. You need to add Jackson Dart. And if you do, a talent like his can only elevate Luke Altmeyer, competition will be great for the two of them. It'll happen in the spring. It'll happen all summer. You would feel really good about the quarterback position because uh, because Dart is in terms of raw ability, uh, he's special. He's he's really talented, and getting a guy like him would be big. Would be really really big. So that's something to keep an eye on today. I think you'll get a decision one way or the other very very soon. I think uh, possibly even as early as today, but definitely this week you'll know. You will know if uh, if Trig and Dart are headed to Ole Miss or not. And if they're able to get those two guys, it's a big deal. And uh, we'll see if they'll we'll see if they're able to do that. In the meantime, thank you guys for for tuning in as you always do. Thank you, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll do the switch to tonight streams later on. But thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe while you're here. Like the video. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.